This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. This is where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists, all to help you improve your trading. And we got a new episode every week, so make sure you subscribe to iTunes or Google Play. Now this week, this week something very special. We've got a special episode where we take a broader lens to the market and talk with founder of Finimize. Max Rafaga. Now, Finimize. Did you hear of Finimize before? Well, if you haven't, you should. Uh, this is a great website that uh, explains finance and breaks things down. Headline stories, the who, the what, the why, the where. Well, Finimize aims to help you get smarter, bottom line, uh, about personal finance and long-term investing. Since we talk so much about how trading is a business, now, Max shares some experience as an entrepreneur that uh, we think here at Top Step Trader can help our audiences of traders. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Finimize Max Rofaga. Before Finimize, uh, Max co-founded an e-commerce startup with 200 employees and sold it in 2015. Now he spends his day leading our strategy and basically doing every job you can think of. He also mentors at Techstars and Startup Bootcamp and was named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 for 2016. Would you please welcome Max Rovaga. Max, welcome to Limit Up's podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Very nice to have you here and did a little research about Finimize and uh, was intrigued on how this started up. Who had the idea? And what you have done as far as reaching out and helping them with finance, I thought this was a, a great representation and uh, a way to go if you're looking for a simplicity in understanding finances. Now, Max, if you could give us a little background uh, as an entrepreneur. I know that you, see you had a company before. You turned that over. You've got something back again. Give us a little insight. Sure. So, um, like you said, uh, before I did Finimize, I, I, I had a company um, in the e-commerce space, um, which I started um, with a few friends when I was um, 24. Um, and um, I guess we got lucky and uh, also worked quite a, quite a lot and um, grew that within five years to be the largest e-commerce platform within Switzerland um, after Amazon. Um, and so what that means is we had something like 25% of all households were shopping with us. We had a higher brand awareness than British Airways. It was sort of a very uh, established player in a, in a small but very wealthy pond, um, as I like to say. Um, and that was a really great experience. And that really also sort of, you know, taught me a few lessons that I'm taking over now and applying uh, here at Finimize. But in essence, sort of um, while I was uh, working there, I was, like I said, in my mid to late 20s. Um, I started encountering this problem, if you will, where everybody around me, if it's sort of parents or even like in the media, I just kept hearing, you know, people like you or you specifically, you need to start saving up some money. Um, and so I took that to heart and essentially every month put money aside from my salary onto a savings account. And then one day, you know, 
opened my banking app, looked at my savings account, and um, essentially saw, great, I've actually built up some savings. Um, so that's so that's fantastic. Um, but the natural follow-up question to, to that then is, all right, what do I actually go do with these savings? And yeah, I'd studied economics. I've you know heard of all the different things that I could be doing, from you know robo advisors to stocks, bonds, etc. But you know when when push came to shove, uh, I really didn't feel confident and comfortable in taking that step. So I figured, you know what, I'm just going to go ask friends and and see what they do. Uh, a lot of them were in in the banking space. And um, pretty quickly, when as I started talking to these guys and girls, I, I pretty quickly found out that they actually have the same problem as myself. Um, they just had happened to have more money on their savings account. Um, but uh, when it came to their personal finances, in essence, they they also were kind of clueless. So I figured, you know, what, I'm just going to go um, get professional advice. So I couldn't afford a financial advisor. And so I just went to my bank, you know, retail branch, sat down with the banker and uh, they started asking me a bunch of pretty generic questions. And then, you know, halfway in the meeting started laying out a bunch of brochures with um, their logos on it. And it was essentially a sales pitch for their own products. Um, and I realized, okay, this is not really the kind of advice I was looking for. Um, so I was pretty frustrated by that experience and went back home. And as you do, started Googling um, and I was looking for a platform or solution that would provide me with holistic and independent financial advice, and I just couldn't find anything. And so um, I thought to myself, okay, uh, I'm obviously not the only buddy, uh, the only person who has this problem. So started digging a bit deeper, found out that actually 86% of the people in this like millennial age bracket, so people like myself, they actually save each month, but they keep more than half of that. In cash simply because there isn't really a suitable way for them to get financial advice and that was then i guess the genesis moment um for finimize and so we're now embarking on this mission where we want to empower people like myself um, to become their own financial advisors um and and so that's kind of like the foundational story of, of finimize yeah it's 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 an awesome story and an awesome uh, way of going around it. I mean, when I, I checked out Finimize uh, website and the app, it was like an OMG moment. Oh my God, you know, th this is awesome. Um, this is something that many of us, uh, you know, we, when we look, we do the same thing. We went to the bank and said, you know, I need to look, I need to look in this and, and can you help me with this? And I mean, obviously it's going to be a sales pitch. Uh, because of course you, you know uh, you, you think the bank holds your money for free and, and and does all that, but they they really don't. They're looking for they're looking for a sale. And you know, in an honest terms too, you know they can help you. But uh, here, you know, it, it has to go this way. It has to go through these channels and um, um, you know percentage here and percentage there. And before you know it, it's like wait a minute. But you know, finding something and sharing something. Uh, that can benefit the masses. And I, I know I'm one of those with my arm up going, hey, I don't know finance. Um, you know, I've been in the business for the longest time, but, you know, it's been buy and sell, buy and sell. Investment, and what's the proper investment? What do I need to do to look for the future? Do I mean, it, 
am I counting on uh, just what I have now? I mean, is it all going to sort of come full circle? I'll be okay down the road? No. And uh, it, it sort of, I would categorize Max you as like a, a common man superhero, helping out those that, you know, aren't are in need, but really don't know they are in need of this help. So mm. I, I, I'm all I'm all for this. I got a green light on this all the way, uh, all the way around. Now tell us about. Thank you. That's very kind. It, no, it's true, brother. I'm I'm, I'm giving <laughs> you straight up facts. And I, you know, like I said, when I first did the research on it, I'm like, finamize, finamize. What's what's finamize? And I'm like, wow, this is something that. Uh, you, you know, if, if you've got a friend, if you know what, I'm going to say that those that are listening to this podcast, after you're done listening, share the Finimize uh, link. We'll, we'll get you the website and every all that information. But this is something that uh, some of your friends are going to be saying the same thing. OMG. Oh, my God. You know, this is this is yeah. uh, this is really going to help me out. So props. Yeah, and maybe if I could just sort of add to that, I think one of the interesting things that that we found, and certainly for me, was a surprising uh, sort of observation. Was when you know we, we grew our, our audience without spending a dime on marketing, essentially. And uh, one of the interesting things there was just because you mentioned you know sharing with friends, um, we found that of the people who refer Finomize to their friends, nearly eighty percent use the word love when they talk about us, which to me, first time I, I saw that, I, I was absolutely surprised and shocked because at the end of the day, you know, we do talk about fairly dry stuff like interest rates, inflation, um, that kind of stuff. Um, and yet people have built up this emotional bond um, with, with what we're doing, which which is obviously really rewarding and, and, and makes the whole thing really exciting for us. Right. So just a quick interjection there. Yeah, I, I checked out some of the reviews on there and people, you know, hey, you know, it, you know, this, the smoke is cleared. I understand. You know, I, I'm yeah. still sitting in smoke all these years and wondering, you know, what's my next step? So um, let's move on, though. But I want to talk about Finimize, the founding. Uh, and you mentioned uh, you didn't really have to do too much advertisement. It was friend to friend, word of mouth. Hey, check this app out. Check this company out. Um, and once you can, uh, you can capture that. I mean, you're on your way. You're looking down the road for the next big thing. Now, tell me, how did that get off the ground? How did Finimize start? Now, you mentioned going to the bank and saying, hey, this isn't working. Can mm -hmm. you give us a little bit more color on that? Sure. So, I mean, it actually kind of just started as a uh, as a little sort of side project almost. Um, so what happened was um, I, 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 I sort of after this experience that I, that I told you about, I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, educate myself uh, on finance. I'm going to read the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times or one of these big publications every day. Um, and I actually made a New Year's resolution that I would do that. Uh, and I, the other New, Year, New Year's resolution was I wanted to run my first marathon ever. And uh, I looked back at the year and basically I stopped reading the Financial Times sort of three months in and I ended up running two marathons. Wow. Um, so I think that tells you quite a lot about um, about sort of uh, the accessibility of, of financial news um, and allowing people to sort of bridge that gap when it comes to you know financial awareness and financial literacy. Um, and it was one of those things where I found, you know, um, even if I read these articles and I sort of push myself to, to, 
to you know read and scan them all, which takes quite a lot of time. And to be honest, and I think most people won't admit this, um, I, even if I read the whole thing, I didn't really understand most of it because they make all these implicit links, you know, if the dollar goes up, this is what happens with the oil price. And they, they kind of just assume that you would know that. And, and the reality is that most people just don't know that. Um, and so um, th that was kind of w one of those moments where it was like, okay, I, I'm spending all this time and I'm not really getting that much out of it. And then sort of on top of that, if I did understand everything, I kind of was left wondering to myself, okay, what do I actually do with this? You know, why do I care? Um, right, right. And so that was kind of like the the outset of it, and 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 then what what I did is um, I essentially just got a bunch of uh, you know finance experts together uh, through uh, personal outreach, so people who've been in the industry like seven plus years each, um, who really sort of knew what they were talking about, and um, we just put a website up and we started producing content. It's always been in the same. Uh, format as we have now so we always answer three questions what's what's going on here what does this mean and why should i care and um put a website up and um, it was pretty much crickets <laughs> so nobody was looking at the website um and so then i started emailing people you know kind of just friends family kind of saying hey check out my website um and i saw that people were opening my email so then i said all right you know i'm just going to give them a snippet uh, and tell them every every day that we have a new news story on the website. Mm -hmm. And I put the snippet into the email. Again, so people were opening the email but didn't go to the website. And then, you know, one day I was just – so the light bulb moment went off. And uh, and I just said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to put all the content into the email. And then that's what sort of started this newsletter that then, you know, kind of grew to now nearly 200,000 people. Um, and then, you know, now we're building SAP, et cetera. But like that was the very, very first step was really just testing something out and then really, I guess, following um, our users um, and, and putting it into the format and medium that they or that fit into their daily routine best. Right. Hey, it's 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 like a wildfire. You had something there and it caught and it ran. Now, um, you know, I respect your passion. You've got a lot of passion. Uh, and it seems like you had at one point just said, hey, you know what? I'm dedicating. You mentioned marathons. You, you, you wanted to run one, but you ran two. See, I'm I'm still at the point where uh, when you mention marathons to me, I still need to watch my first one. I'm not going to I'm not even <laughs> close of, of, of getting there, putting the gym shoes on and and uh, and running one. But um, like I said, the passion for financial literacy, the passion for financial freedom. Um, why was this so important to you? What, what was, what was the reason behind that? That's a good question. Um, well, I think there were multiple layers to it and, um, well, there wasn't like an explicit moment. So I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, but, but uh, I think at the, at the very first moment, it was really just, like I said before, um, a problem or frustration that I encountered that was bugging me. Um, and so then I kind of just like went down that rabbit hole, um, mm -hmm. and it was, it was almost like the further down I went into this rabbit hole, like the more convinced I was that you needed something like this right. because I just couldn't find any, any good solution. And I think, you know, one way to really sort of frame it on a, on a larger scale is it's 
to me, it's actually like bizarre that yeah, there's so many, there's been so many great innovations um, through the internet, whether that's uh, specifically around the sort of notion of eliminating information asymmetry. So um, you, you might think of, uh, for example, Zillow in America, um, you know, helping a home buyer, you know, figure out what kind of a price they should be looking at or a home seller. And sort of eliminating that information asymmetry between the end consumer and the and the real estate agent, uh, just as an example. And I think that's great. But then, you know, the way bigger frustration or pain point I think in the world is uh, finance, and in particular, sort of personal finance. And there, in my view, at least, there isn't really any market out there that has a larger information asymmetry going on uh, than in the world of finance. And I think we kind of saw that, or people sort of started realizing that after the uh, during and after the financial crisis. And I think a lot of the times when you then sit down with these people and first, either you first then realize, okay, they actually don't really understand what's going on either. They've, um, you know, my example of the banker sitting down with, with, with her, um, she just received a brief from, from, you know, the bank central in the morning. This is what you got to tell the clients. And then, you know, if you kind of, push them on it, they don't really understand it either. Um, and then it makes you wonder, okay, why should I trust this person with my money? Um, so that then kind of like uh, inspires you to educate yourself, inform yourself, and and make an educated and informed decision what, what you want to do with your own money. And the thing that you then start realizing uh, is that it really isn't rocket science. Uh, there's a few sort of fundamental principles that you really have to understand. And then, and this is perhaps more of a sort of personal view, uh, a lot of it is not a science. Uh, it's a little bit of sort of an art, right? So it's not like you can go uh, right or you can go wrong. Right. It's kind of like, you know, minimizing the risk for you or maximizing um, the upside for you, whatever your sort of preferences are. But, uh, you know, one of our investors is a, is a financial advisor and uh, he always said, you know, uh, the more complicated these financial plans get, the <laughs> it, it's bizarre because people spend so much time sort of creating these financial plans. And the likelihood that that very complicated financial plan is wrong is pretty much like 100%. Like it is for sure going to not reflect your life in even a year from now. Uh-huh. Um, and so sort of accepting that, um, you know, it's not really sort of a black and white thing. There's definitely sort of gray areas and that's something that you need to become comfortable with. And how do you become comfortable with it? Well, as if you become more informed and, and feel more empowered right. through having that information. Max, now let me ask you, uh, in terms of uh, just the normal Joe, you've probably talked to a lot of people. Obviously, you, you said you had over uh, 200,000 followers, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. What's one of the largest holes in terms of someone's financial life? What's the biggest question that uh, Finimize is asked or uh, looked upon for an answer? Um, I think it's interesting because we've kind of been discussing that in the last couple of weeks as well as we're developing our, our, uh, our app. Um, so I think one of the things that we realized very early on, uh, and you know, I have to say sort of, um, a large part of our audience are actually people who work in finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so they're, you know, they kind of know what's, what's, what's going on. But uh, if you 
go sort of by the rules or by the book when it comes to personal finances, you know, it's, it usually starts with an emergency fund. Um, and even the finance people uh, who know that they should have one don't have one. Um, I thought that was an interesting observation where, and that's sort of the bigger picture or the bigger, I think, challenge in this personal finance space is people know they should be doing A and if they do B. Um, so that was, I think, one thing that we've kind of like noticed across the board, people just not having emergency fund because they just can't be bothered. Um, so emergency funds sort of for everyone's sake um, is what you call uh, the fund that you put aside uh, for a rainy day. Basically, if you lose your job or something happens unexpectedly, that you have at least three to six months um, worth of your expenses um, put aside so you can live. Um, but I think the larger the larger frustration for people that we've certainly come across, and that revolves more um, around investing, is that a lot of people um, kind of get overwhelmed and confused um, by the different platforms that they could be using to make different types of investments. So it can be very basic, uh, like a robo-advisor. Um, and uh, people basically know, yes, I probably should be doing something with a robo-advisor because it's um, sort of a managed fund that's more on the lower risk side of things compared to maybe, I don't know, cryptocurrencies or stock picking. And so they know fundamentally that, they, that that's something that they should be exploring. Um, but the vast uh, sort of selection that's out there um, kind of like paralyzes people. And then when they start looking right. at these different platforms – they start thinking, okay, they all kind of look the same. Like, what do I need to look out for? What's important here? Right. And that's kind of like where that intransparency comes in. And that, you, you know, you can do that for all the different verticals, right? You can do that then for brokerages. It's probably even harder to pick one or the hardest one that's probably in the news is, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies. If you're wanting to get mm -hmm. into that, how much do I even uh, have that I could be, that I could reasonably put into cryptocurrencies? And if I do want to do that, you know, which platform is the right one for me? What do I need to look out for? It's, and so it's like that's taking that step and taking that action. That's where most people um, experience that pain point where uh, the intransparency of the market essentially hinders them from taking the step. Now, now, Max, let me ask you, for for those that are listening, some of those that are listening who may be more prone to taking risk as traders, um, where might you point them in terms of the best way to take care of long-term future? Now, long-term future while still pursuing a dream that takes up a lot of capital. Uh, that's a hard question to answer for me because um, obviously that really depends on, so first of all, obviously I'm not a financial advisor, uh, so I wouldn't take my word for it. <laughs> that's uh, we, we have people hired in the team um, who sort of are more, literate in that in that field but i think uh, that really depends obviously on the on the person as i said before okay. i think a uh, very sort of easy easy tool is obviously a robo advisor which will help you identify you know retirement and maybe also some short-term goals but uh that is exactly the big question right like uh, which platforms should you should you look out for given your circumstances and i, I don't have a sort of out of the box answer for that that's fine all right uh question for you uh, there's a lot of power in the financial news to change how individuals look at their finances, whether that's day traders like like our audience or long-term investors. Now, can we talk a bit about the sensational news and how sensational news has become? Yeah, I mean, I think you 
you see that a lot in the, in, in the tech space, for example, um, which obviously is something that I'm closer to, um, whether that's, you know, Snapchat doing an IPO and then stock basically just sort of sliding down every day. Um, but I think that's really up again, it's, it's, it's up to educating yourself on, you know, what is a reasonable strategy for myself. Um, and that's, you know, if you go onto a website, you'll find different investment strategies. And, you know, if you do want to do day trading, um, you know, we'll explain to you, this is a pretty time intensive, uh, activity for you to be doing in order for you, you know, to do it in a, in a way that's, that's sustainable. Um, and so for the average person, we typically say, you know, it's better to do the, the buy and hold kind of strategy. But again, that really depends on, on the risk appetite, the financial situation of the, of the, of the individual. Um, and again, there's no sort of out of the box solution there. Okay. Now, does Finimize illuminate hard assets like gold and other metals compared to other asset classes like equities and bonds? Interesting. You mentioned that uh, up until now, no. Uh, yesterday, actually, I got requests from one of our users that that is something that they want us to look into. Okay. So with your audience, dealing with long-term investors and folks trying to set themselves up for success, where's that sweet spot of awareness and action? So for every article that we write uh, on the news, like I said earlier, we always ask, answer the three questions. What's going on here? What does it mean? And why should I care? And in the why should I care section, we usually have a sub bullet that we call the bigger picture. And that's, I think, where most people derive value um, because it essentially tries and, and sort of take that news item and plug it into the larger context of what's, you know, what's been going on in the past, uh, how are other things affecting, mm -hmm. let's just say the oil price or whatever that the, the news item might be. And that's really where we're trying to sort of give people um, a broader view. And we don't really write the content um, to initiate or immediate action. It's much more we kind of view it as, you know, every single day you take three minutes. That's how long it takes to read our content. Um, you invest three minutes in your financial literacy. And then over time, you'll feel more comfortable. And then you'll start taking financial actions. Um, we don't really intend for our users to go and do, um, you know, day trades based on one specific news item because by the time that's it's you know it's in the public it's obviously everyone it's already priced into the into, into the markets um so so that's kind of a little bit more like this consistency of you know constantly being up to date and then also looking at the bigger picture and seeing how it fits into into that okay now let me ask you about this this is uh, for someone getting started in the entrepreneurial venture uh, what would your best advice be now you've been there and done that a few times what would you tell somebody that would come up to you and ask you about this i think um a couple of things so i think number one is it's this whole area or this whole notion of entrepreneurship in my view is vastly um romanticized by the mainstream media mm -hmm. um and you have a strong bias towards um, so-called overnight successes um, of the you know Instagram, Snapchat um, stories, um, which is interesting because if you even look at Instagram's history, that 
it was an overnight success once they launched Instagram, but they were going at it for years before and, you know, building products, trashing them before they actually came up with the idea that is now Instagram. So by no means was an overnight success. And, uh, and this list is super long. It's, you know, Twitter. I mean, this pretty much every company that, that you, that you've heard of wasn't really an overnight success. Uh, but I think the media portrays it that way. And so I think when people go into, into this on or on, when people embark on this entrepreneurial journey, they kind of have this expectation that, Oh, I, I come up with an idea, I launch a product. And then in a couple of months, I'll be, um, you know, the, the next Mark Zuckerberg. And I think that's just, um, that the odds of that happening are very, 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 very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think going hand in hand with that, then you just need an incredible amount of tenacity. Um, and in my view, that's actually the, the most, uh, important thing is just keep, you know, not, don't be stubborn because, you know, you could keep banging your head against the wall until you're unconscious. Um, that's not smart, but you got to be tenacious, i.e., uh, you know, be persistent, but be smart about it. If something doesn't work, maybe, you know, try a different entry point or a different angle. Um, and maybe that will work, but just right. sort of keep, keep at it. And, uh, I think if you embrace that and then, um, you know, then you're a lot more likely to, to, to end up with success. Um, what that all predicates or what's sort of necessary for that to happen is obviously that you really strongly believe in the, in the ultimate mission or vision of what you're doing. If, right. if you're just trying to make a quick buck, uh, you're probably not going to keep hammering at it because you're probably going to run it, run a breath or a passion or energy. So that's kind of, um, I think the two things that I would really emphasize is, uh, be aware that it's not as, as romantic and as glamorous as it, as it sounds, um, or as it's portrayed to be. And then if you do find something that you have a passion for, then keep at it. Right. Yeah. If you got the ball run with it, you know, uh, I do believe Albert Einstein said at one time, a person who n- never made a mistake, never tried anything new. Uh, which makes makes a lot of sense because I mean, uh, when you've got that idea, you know, a lot of us have ideas and we sit back and, you know, how far can this idea go? Um, and Mm. you mentioned passion, desire, uh, do you get the passion for it? You know, Max, you got the passion, you had the desire, uh, you moved forward with it. It didn't start right away, but you, you believed in the idea. And uh, it took a little time. Like you said, you know, a lot of these companies, not overnight, it, it, it's, they've been around for a while. Uh, for example, Bitcoin has been around for a while. It took a while before that sort of uh, got some traction. So, I mean, it's, it's something that uh, you believe in and uh, you don't give up on it. So props to you on that, Max. Let me ask you something. Max, if you can go back in time, tell yourself one thing as you started out. What would that be? Um, the older I get, I'm, I'm by no means claiming that I'm old, but the older I get, the less I actually believe in this. Um, so there's that really famous uh, Steve Jobs commencement speech at Stanford where he talks about connecting the dots in hindsight. And I never totally understood it until a couple of years ago um, because if I look back at the last 10 years or whatever it is um, of my of my life and my career, there's no way I would have thought I would be doing what I what I ended up doing. There's no way I would have ended up 
um, building an, an online retailer. I, I, before I started doing that, I thought that was the most dry and boring thing you could be imagining um, that you could end up doing. Um, um, I, I thought, you know, maybe some something in on Wall Street or like becoming a professor or something, you know, a bit more closer to what, what I was doing at university. Um, and then there's no way I would have thought that I'm now doing um, something in the finance world uh, because I'm always obviously I don't have a finance background. So I think kind of the, the way I look at things now is. You know, things will work out or um, either they're meant to be or they're not meant to be. Um, as long as you keep swinging, good things will happen. Um, but you can't plan things. You just kind of got to go go with the flow. There you go. Keep swinging. Something's bound to happen. I've been a coach, little league coach for 25 years. I've been telling those kids, keep swinging. You know, <laughs> it, it's going to happen. I used to play baseball as well. That's what they were. Keep, keep your eye on the ball. Eye on the ball. Right. And it's going to happen. You got that right. Exactly. All right. I've got a couple more questions here, and uh, we'll call it. But, Max, I just want to say thank you very much for being with us here. Uh, great information. We're going to get to some of that contact information soon. But one one question I want to ask you, Max, what's your favorite toy? Good question. Um, I think the thing that I really use the most is, is probably a, kind of a boring answer is my phone. Um, but... Probably my favorite toy is my motorcycle, um, which I guess is an adult toy. Um, so I love, I love, um, you know, especially in the summer driving. What kind of motorcycle you got? I have a Royal Enfield, um, which is a, uh, used to be a British brand that now uh, has become an Indian brand. And I first came across it when I was in northern india um on a trip and you see these royal enfields driving around in the himalayan mountains and i thought wow that's really cool and they're very it's a very old motorcycle it doesn't even you know you have to kick start it um it's very sort of mechanical zero electronics there now before you go max uh, i know that a lot of people listening are like well, would you please tell us how we can get a hold of max and uh, the company now Max, where can people find you online? Finimize. Sure. So, um, Finimize, um, our website is www.finimize.com. And um, we're also on all the big social media platforms. And personally, I'm best, uh, I can be best reached at on Twitter as well. Um, my, you can either search for Max Rafaga or my Twitter handle is Whole Earth Web. You want to spell that out? Whole, like uh, W-H-O-L-E, Earth, like the planet, okay. and then web, so like the internet, whole web. Earth web. All right, awesome, awesome. Max, I had a, a very enlightening. <laughs> the, the the light at the end of my tunnel is much brighter since I've uh, checked out Finimize, since we've talked to you, and uh, I hope that uh, many more people can discover this uh, through the website, through their friends. Uh, like I said, I mentioned earlier, uh, this is something that uh, you think might uh, might brighten the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of your friends. Share it with them. Let your friends know about this. Let them know you care. So, Max, appreciate you being with us here. All the best to you and Finimize, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, we can talk again here sometime soon.
Thank you very much for having me and um, have a good one. All right. Take care, Max. Thank you very much. All right, traders, hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh, the special episode with Max. Something a little different that uh, we thought would be of importance. And uh, I myself love the conversation I had with Max. And uh, I have subscribed to Finimize. And each and every day, a new story. And uh, check it out, Finimize.com. So with that said, uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled episodes next week, uh, talking with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists. If you could, please give us some feedback on any of our interviews at LimitUpTopStepTrader.com. And if you have some time, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. And uh, I'd like to say thank you so much. I'm Eddie Horn, and uh, see everybody next time. Take care. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.